episode two of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to the children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. I'm your host, Doug Abel, and this week we're joined by the husband and wife team of Will and Carla Valdez as we go back to the year 1986 to cover the film Top Gun. How's it going, guys? Hi. Glad to have you guys on board here. Uh, let's go ahead, before we really start discussing uh, the plot and whatnot of the movie, uh, if you guys would just kind of go ahead, let's talk about what we thought of the movie here and how we felt about it. Yeah, so uh, Carla and I actually watched this this morning. Uh, it's on Netflix currently. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty cheesy. Mm. Cheese-tacular. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, the typical 80s loud glossy kind of movie um but you know the movie actually it, it's a, it was a very important movie to me growing up um only my mom was working actually at Miramar when the movie came out and I had a sister well I have a sister but my sister was actually married to a pilot so um as you you know can imagine it was like huge in our household my mom actually saw Tom Cruise and my sister being married to the pilot it actually really made you know you know, being in the Navy and being a pilot, it was so big. Um, the Blue Angels, it was it was huge at that period. It was considered like almost like the elite to be that. Well, I, I kind of had the same thing happen for me. I, I actually worked down at uh, the Boy Scout camp down at Count Balboa. And yes. I had the two kids that were in the movie uh, that were Goose's kids. They actually came to the camp while all that was going on. And oh, so nice. they were like, they're like, oh yeah, we met Tom Cruise. He was a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It was, it was. Um, watching it again, I hadn't seen it in so long, and watching it this morning, I just, I forgot how. I mean, I want to say bad it was, but just how bad it was. <laughs> it's, oh. It really is the quintessential '80s film, right? I mean, it, it's got all the, you know, it, it actually, it looked like, it seemed like it, this movie kind of started uh, sort of the, a, a certain kind of fashion craze, right? You have the uh, the aviator glasses. The aviator glasses, the bomber the jackets. The bomber jackets, yeah. 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 Oh, I remember all that stuff coming in. Oh, Everybody yeah. had to have their Ray-Bans that fit as the pilot glasses. Oh, yeah. You know, it was oh, definitely, yeah. definitely cheese-tastic in that respect. But It's awesome. I, I will say this for the time for the eighties top gun actually really, I thought it captured what the eighties were now standing up now, comparing it now to what we would see now. Let's face it. It sucks. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, you couldn't get away with making top gun today like that. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, you, you probably could be funny, but yeah, I don't think this movie was supposed to be funny. Well, it right. was, it was basically the, it was a basically, you know, what, a, an hour and a half, two hours worth mm -hmm. of Navy recruiting videos for the Top Gun. That's right. basically what it was. Hour 50 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost, it's one of those sort of, has some of, kind of those dated qualities, like when you go back and watch a, you know, like a wedding video from, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s, and everyone has mullets. You know, that's kind of almost the vibe you get in, in that kind of style. All right, so uh, who would like to do the 60-second synopsis here for us? Kind of throw us right in. Yeah, I'll, I'll start us off here. So uh, um, <clears throat> Top Gun, uh, it's uh, two exceptional fighter pilots um, are uh, in flying maneuvers, um, and the better of the two ends up having shell shock and loses it. The best uh, of the best. Right. So <laughs> one, of them, one of them's on the, uh, the, the fast track to, you know, making it to uh, Top Gun status. But, um, you know, he freaks out. So instead, th this opens up the way for uh, Tom Cruise, uh, his character Maverick, uh, to end up going to the NAS Miramar in San Diego, home of Fighter Town, USA. Um, while there, he learns to become one of the best of the best. Uh, competing against Val Kilmer, Iceman. Um, in one of the flights he has, um, or he's teamed up with I Iceman, he tries to go over and beyond his abilities. Um, it causes his plane to go into a flat spin, and uh, while ejecting his navigator and partner Goose, 
played by Anthony Edwards, slams his head on the canopy and breaks his neck, killing Spoiler him. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully if you're listening to this, you've watched the film already. Um, he kind of goes into a downward spiral. We kind of see him at his worst. Um, uh, he and And yet he gets called out uh, in a crisis situation to rescue a ship that's drifted off into hostile waters. I think uh, Indian Ocean, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what happened? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In in this rescue attempt, they encounter some MiGs and um, go into a dogfight, emerging triumphant. Uh, Of course, in very dramatic fashion, lots of, you know, uh, shots being fired and planes going down. Um, and Iceman and Maverick become friends um, after the land, and Maverick be- returns to Top Gun to become an instructor. Yeah. Yeah, you know what was funny about most of that scene, most of that whole top the uh, dogfight at the end. Mm-hmm. None of the planes actually got shot at. It was all actually most of that was done with models that they were hanging from wires really that's interesting and that's actually how they did the flat spin as well when they were doing it when they had the uh, plane coming in to crash they -hmm. did this whole beyond uh like back uh behind the scenes type thing that they had and i want to say that it ended up on the blu-ray and the dvd but they actually show these guys and they're filming it with angle pointing the camera almost straight up so they can get the light and everything on it and they've got these guys holding these models with giant sticks and they're like swinging it around it was hilarious to watch it well, you know, as we learn in the film, uh, these fighter jets are worth thirty million dollars. So, uh, and that's true. That is yeah, true. Yeah. Totally oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, I'll go ahead and take the cast here. Uh, we have actually quite a few people, quite a few big names in this movie here. Uh, well, that have, that have gone on to be big names anyway. Uh, we've got Tom Cruise who plays as uh, Lieutenant Pete uh, Pete Maverick Pitt, uh, Mitchell, Maverick. Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got Anthony Edwards, who's uh, Lieutenant uh, Nick Goose Bradshaw, mm-hmm. uh, who's Tom Cruise's partner in the movie. Uh, Kelly McGillis, who plays Charlotte Charlie Blackwood. Uh, she's an outside contractor that kind of comes in to help school them on how to be the best pilot, fighter pilots in the world. She really should have not had a call sign. Like, give me a break. <laughs> well, that was her nickname. I, I'll, I'll get it. Okay. Hey, part of the team, right? Well, I do have to kind of laugh. I do kind of have to laugh because they gave her Charlie. Yeah, now. that's stupid. <laughs> well, come it was, on. I, I, it was supposed to make her tough as a character, but I just found her so flippin' annoying. I'm sorry. Well, you know, here's my thing is I think that she might have wanted to actually be called Charlie. You know, that whole gay thing coming out there because, you know, she <laughs> actually did come out to be a lesbian later on. She did, but I don't think that, that has anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to just throw good, that in there. <laughs> good, good theory, but no. I, I think they were trying to make a her bunch tough. Of- I guess surrounded by a bunch of boys, you know, you kind of take on that, uh, you know, I think back then in the, you know, even before this, you know, you'd have um, uh, feminist authors uh, actually adopting more masculine type names because they wanted to be kind of, you know, seen on equal turn, you know, equal standing with with men. So, you know, I don't know. Benefit of the doubt. I I, I don't know why they picked Charlie, but. I guess probably just going with the nickname, but we'll move on here. Uh, We did have Meg Ryan showing up as uh, Anthony Edwards' wife in the movie. Uh, She was Carol Bradshaw. Uh, We had Val Kilmer, who was Lieutenant Tom Iceman Kazansky. Uh, Personally, I thought he was an ass, but hey. Yeah. (laughs) Assman. We had Rick Rosovich, who was uh, Lieutenant Ron Slider-Kerner. Uh, we had Tom Skerritt as Commander Mike Viper Metcalf, and I I, I liked I got to say Tom Skerritt really I did like him in this role. I, I know that again a lot of people like to hate on the movie. I know some we hate on the movie, but I thought Tom, he played next. Tom Skerritt is that the uh, was that the bald? Um... No, 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 that wasn't him. The guy with the mustache. Remember? Yeah. Like, oh, he has the same oh, mustache. Okay, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Now Michael Ironside, uh, fr- who is uh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Commander Rick Jester Heatherly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Ironside also was, uh, some people may know him from the old Sequest TV show after, uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, guy who was in Jaws. Mm. Uh, the first Jaws? Yeah, uh, Roy Scheider. 
Oh, Roy Scheider. Okay. Uh, yeah. W- w- he he actually picked up on Sequest DSV after Roy Scheider left the show. Oh, okay. That's right. So he also did a couple of other things. He he was voicing uh, characters in Heavy Metal 2000. But he's he's actually done a lot. It's just he's he's kind of one of these character actors that you you always see when you're like, oh, I recognize him. That guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now we also had John Stockwell, who was Lieutenant Bill Cougar Cortell. He was the other pilot that was supposed to go to Top Gun at the beginning. Right. I remember him. He was like a really um, big, um, like, teen guy in the 80s. He did a lot of, like, like those really bad, horrible teeny movies. But then he just, like, I don't I don't think I've seen him in anything since. Or maybe I just don't recognize him in anything since. He probably fell off the, he probably fell off the radar. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who was shell-shocked. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, of course, we did have Tim Robbins showed up in this movie as well as Merlin. And uh, I did not realize that it was Tim Robbins. And I didn't I think either. when you saw it, maybe he wasn't famous then. This must have been before Bull, Bull Durham, right? Uh, I think this was actually right before or right after Bull Durham, and he really hadn't uh, made a name for himself on mm-hmm. that yet. Uh, but, yeah, he was Merlin at the end when they were getting in the dogfight, and he's out there, and he goes, oh, my God, I've got all the MiGs all over me. He goes, you got to help me get them off him. And Maverick's going, I'm coming, Merlin, I'm coming. That was him. And I, I I still, when I watched it the other day, I'm like, okay, I know Tim Robbins in here. It still, when I saw him, I'm like, no, that, that can't be Tim Robbins. <laughs> uh, they also had Whip Hubley as Lieutenant Rick Hollywood Nevin. Yes. Uh, of course, what he's known for in this movie is that whole muscular pose in the volleyball scene, which I know oh, we're going to talk about later. No, that's Rick Rossovich, actually. Really? Was it? Who's Whip, who's Whip Publi? Who was that? Uh, that? That's Hollywood. Uh, he's yeah. um, Iceman's... No, I thought, I thought it was uh, Rick Rossovich is the one who did that pose. Like, he's like all topless and he does that really funny pose. It wasn't that Rick Rossovich? I could have sworn it was Hollywood, but was maybe my memories. There's <laughs> dudes in this movie. <laughs> I know, it was blinding for you guys. Hard to like keep your eyes off the film, huh? It's okay. I, I understand. It's all right. Uh, we also had Barry Tubb as Ensign Leonard Wolfman Wolf. Uh, I want to say he was the guy who was flying with Maverick at the very end. Mm. Uh, we had David Patterson as Lieutenant Ben Blade Hogan, which I honestly don't remember him. Uh, next guy, Adrian Pastar as Lieutenant. Yes, I recognized him. Yeah. Yeah, Lieutenant Charles Chipper Piper. I didn't realize who it was at first until I'm watching it and they're at the graduation ceremony. I'm like, that's the dude from Heroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Take a moment. We also yeah. have Clarence Gilliard Jr. as Lieutenant uh, Marshall. Lieutenant Marshall. Let me say that again. Marcus Sundown Williams. Uh, James Tolkien as Commander Tom Stinger Jordan. Now, James Tolkien, he's the bald guy at the beginning where he's, like, screaming at Maverick to get him down uh, okay. and all that. Now, was he – am I just going crazy? Was he also the principal in Back to the Future or was that something yes. else? Yes, yes. That okay. was James Tolkien. Okay. Yeah, he's done – role so good. He really is. He always plays that tough guy, you know, uh-huh. in a role uh, – administration-type role where he's, like – I'm going to beat down on you guys that he always plays that type of character. And he, I think he's been excellent in everything he's done so far. Yeah, no it's kind of funny like, ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. Of course we will be visiting back to the future later on. Uh, we also had Duke Stroud as the air boss Johnson. This was the guy who was screaming as they buzzed the tower. He's, he's there yelling cause he got the coffee spilled all over him. Yeah. That was Duke Stroud. Uh, and then Linda Ray Jurgens was Mary Metcalf. I honestly don't remember who that character was, but she was such a small role. She just basically like when um, when Tom Cruise's character went over to visit Tom Skerritt. Uh, remember the scene where you actually said, "Well, oh, the mustache guy, yeah, yeah, the mustache." Yeah. She's like, "Oh, are you okay? Would you, would you like to sit down? Would you like something to drink?" Like she, that was it. That was her role. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Carl, do you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the background here? Go ahead and take that. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm going to have you talk a little bit. Of course I'm talking. Um, so basically, uh, which is really interesting, the, the primary inspiration for the film was the article Top Guns. Um, I'm not sure how to say this guy's name. Yud- Yane. I guess it was a, an article in the issue of California Magazine, which had um, featured aerial photography, by then Lieutenant Commander Charles Heater Heatley, 
Um, the article detailed the Top Gun fighter pilots at the Miramar Naval Air Station located in San Diego, self-nicknamed Fighter Town USA. Do you remember when they actually had Fighter Town USA on the hangar? You could see it as you were passing. What's that? It's not a freeway. It's not the 163. It's that Kearney Villa. Yeah. You could actually see that. I miss that so much. I remember that now. They painted all over that when, when they yeah, changed it. so sad. Um, numerous screenwriters allegedly turned down the project. What a surprise. Uh, Bruckheimer and Simpson went on to hire Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. to write the first draft the research methods by epps included an attendance at several declassified top gun classes at miramar and gaining experience by being flown in an f-14 the first draft failed to impress bruckheimer and simpson and is considered to be very difficult from the final product you in, mean oh, sorry, yeah. diff, very different from the final product in numerous ways which i really wonder what they had written in there i'm kind of curious too myself but Unfortunately, we'll never know because it's going to end up on the cutting room floor. So That's mm. true. Um, I guess the producers wanted the assistance of the United States Navy in production of the film. The U.S. Navy was influential in relation to script approval, which saw changes being made. The opening dogfight was moved to international water waters as opposed to Cuba. The language was toned down, and a scene that involved a crash on the deck of an aircraft carrier was also scrapped. That would have been awesome. That could have been cool, but I guess maybe they just decided, oh, no, we're not going to do it because Navy said we're not crashing a plane on the deck. <laughs> so it is true. If you notice, like, they did move it to international waters. They never really said or did they ever say really who they were, like, you know, against? They never actually said because while Russia was – we were still at the height of the Cold War at that time. Mm -hmm. It was still kind of like we don't really want to piss off the Russians too much because they were having a lot of, a lot of talks going back and forth. And they never really wanted to name the Russians as that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the, the, the most that you really heard about was, oh, well, this is located in you know the Indian Ocean, but you, mm -hmm. they never actually discussed who they were fighting against. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maverick's love interest, Charlie, was also changed from a female enlisted member of the Navy to a civilian contractor. Uh, with the Navy due to the U.S. Department of Defense prohibition of fraternization between officers and enlisted personnel. Haha, -ha, that would have been actually interesting if they put it in there. That might have made it more interesting. Well, I can kind of see, uh, obviously, why they did that because of the fraternization. But the other thing, too, that I, I'm sitting here thinking when I thought about that was how would she have gotten into the Top Gun area with it i mean would, would it have just been like oh they met at the officers club and that was it right well and, and honestly I mean, honestly even as being a civilian you know contractor the way that she was she really in real life would have never still met them the most she probably would have gotten was maybe um you know in the in a control room or something but she would have never ever ever talked to the pilots yeah definitely so. would make a lot more sense having her actually part of the team you know actually a pilot herself yeah i really hated her character anyways the charlie character was also uh also replaced an aerob aerobics instructor from an early draft that would have been awesome as a love interest for Maverick. that would you know what that actually would have been more realistic you know and now i'm having flashbacks of thinking oh they're gonna have jane fun and in leotard type thing for yeah. Yeah, it would have been my sister. It would have been actually much more interesting. Uh, <laughs> Rear Admiral Pete Viper Pettigrew, a former Navy aviator, Vietnam War veteran, and Top Gun instructor, served as the technical advisor on the film. Um, he also made a cameo appearance in the film as a colleague of Charlie's. I think he was the guy who she, at the at the um, officers' club. She's like, "Oh, my friend is here." That was him. Oh. So, uh, the former Top Gun instructor pilot and congressman Randy Duke Cunningham claimed to have been the inspiration for Pete Mitchell, although the film's producers have denied the character was based on any specific naval aviator. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Pete Mitchell, the character himself, like, I mean, the daddy issues. Would anybody really want to, like, admit to that? Oh, yeah, that's me. That, well, that, that's, totally, that's totally me. You, yeah, you know why that. Randy Cunningham was doing it was so that he could get votes. That was the whole reason why he put his name out there on it. Just so funny. <laughs> the Navy made available self, several aircraft from uh, F-14 Fighter Squadron VF-51 Screaming Eagles. 
uh, which Tom Skerritt does mention in the scene at his, at his home for the film, Paramount paid as much as $7,800 per hour for fuel. That sounds about right if you think about gas prices these days and other operating costs whenever aircraft were flown outside of their normal duties. Shots of the aircraft carrier sequences were filmed aboard the USS Enterprise, showing aircraft from F-14 squadrons, VF-114 aardvarks, which is where uh, my... Uh, niece Brianna and Casey, my sister, was married to uh, Gary Spatek. He was an Ardvok. His check, his uh, call name was uh, Check, which is pretty cool. So call out to Brianna and Casey. And VF two one three Black Lions. The majority of the carrier flight deck shots were of normal aircraft operations, and the film crew had to take what they could get, save for the occasional flyby when the film crew would request. So, what do you guys think about that? Wonder if those flybys were the ones that were buzzing the tower. Possibly, yeah, Four, possibly. Four hundred so, knots. What do you mean, buzzing me in four hundred knots? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, they, my... so they use the uh, the USS Enterprise, huh? I, I, you know, I wonder what uh, Kirk and Spock think about that. Wrong Enterprise, sir. <laughs> what? During filming, director Tony Scott wanted to shoot aircraft landing and taking off, backlit by the sun. Oh, it's so beautiful. During one particular filming sequence, the ship's commanding officer changed the ship's course, thus changing the light. When Scott asked if they could continue on their previous course and speed, he was informed by the commander that it cost $25,000 to turn the ship and to, and to continue on course. Scott wrote the carrier captain a $25,000 check so that the ship could be turned around and he continue shitting on for another five minutes i kind of wonder how much how true that really is but you know what i'll take it i'll believe it in <laughs> twenty five thousand dollars just to turn the ship Wait, here let me write out a check turn the car around okay here's a dollar just turn the car around other ships <laughs> are also supporting the film uh scenes that took place in the aircraft carrier command center were filmed aboard the uss ranger while it was pier side at the naval air station north island located at coronado a frame-by-frame examination of scenes where the f-14s launched missiles reveals that the f-14s belonged to squadrons vf-114 and vf-213 were filmed during actual training missile launch exercises that's pretty interesting. So, see, it was real. A lot of it was real. Well, yeah, they they actually did do a lot of that stuff when they were doing those uh, missile shots. They actually were shooting them out at uh, out at Fallon, out in Nevada. Uh, oh, that's cool. And Fallon is kind of it's kind of that whole region of of territory where they have uh, out north of of mm-hmm. Las Vegas, kind of in the Area Fifty One area, but it's actually not Area Fifty One. But they tell everybody stay out of the area because you might get hit with a bomb or missile. Good area not to be in. Right. right, exactly. Um, most of the sequences of the aircraft maneuvering overland were shot at NAS Fallon in Nevada. Thank you so much, Doug. Using ground-mounted cameras, air-to-air shots were filmed using a Learjet Grumman. That's crazy. Manufacturer of the F-14 was commissioned by Paramount Pictures to create po- uh, camera pods to be placed upon the aircraft that could be pointed towards either the front or rear of the aircraft, providing outside shots at a high altitude. High-held cameras were also used from, for some of the interior cabin shots. Navy F-14 pilots flew the planes, changing helmets as needed. So I guess it would be like the same pilots flying. Like, okay, you're going to be Tom Cruise and supposed to put this helmet on. Is that what they did? Yeah, that's basically it. They were just swapping out the helmets when they were flying around. That makes yeah, sense. Cutting edge tech. Hey, if that's what gets you the scene, that's what gets you the call. Uh, get you the cut there for the for the scene. And it's cheaper than having to bring the plane down, land it, and then send it back up again. I'd do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the aircraft used for the fictional MIGs or M- uh, MGs, is that what they're called? MIGs? Is it just a MIGs? Uh, MIG-28, yeah. Um, are Northrop F- F-5E, single-seat and F-5F, two-seat Tiger twos, flown by pilots and Rios who were instructors of the Navy Fighter Weapons School, the real world squadron known as Top Gun. Many of the scenes were sh- many of the scenes were shot and a- shot in and around the actual facilities at NES Miramar and the now decommissioned Naval Training Center, so sad, which was located adjacent to San Diego Lindbergh Field Municipal Airport. The filming was primarily conducted in late 1985. Renowned aerobatic pilot Art Scholl 
was hired to do in-flight camera work for the film. The original script called for a flat spin, which Scholl was to perform and capture on a camera on the aircraft. The aircraft was observed to spin through its recovery altitude, at which time he radioed, I have a problem, I have a real problem. Scholl was unable to recover, and he crashed his Pitts S2 into the Pacific Ocean off the Southern California coast near Carlsbad on September 16, 1985. Neither Scholl nor his aircraft were recovered, leaving the official cause of the accident unknown. Top Gun was dedicated to the memory of Art Scholl. That is crazy. Somebody actually died? Oh, yeah. It happened. What? And they actually had, in the end credits, if you look through it, they actually do have a little blurb in there. But it's like one of these, unfortunately, they put it in real small print to say, hey, it's it's in memory of Art Scholl. Oh, that is so sad. I, You know, it's so funny. I did not know that. That is like didn't know um the flat speed this flat spin scene did end up in the movie but was filmed using models of the aircraft as shown in behind the scenes special that aired in the dvd and blu-ray releases of the movie so yeah. Yeah. that's so sad that's unfortunate yeah it's one of those things i mean unfortunately it did happen you know but uh i'll go ahead and talk about some of the trivia for the movie here uh some things that we some things that did actually come out here. Uh, for example, the sleazy bar scene, and this is how they bill it down at the Kansas City Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was filmed in downtown San Diego, located on Harbor Drive, right near the convention center, which those of us who go to Comic-Con every year have probably seen it. Yep. Uh, on June 26, 2008, a fire gutted the restaurant, destroying most of the building's interior. The bar was cleared out and rebuilt, reopening five months later in November. Much of the memorabilia was lost, but one of the few remaining items is the piano where Maverick and Goose sang Great Balls of Fire. Mm. Um, it actually, when you see it, it's actually kind of smoky. They do have it kind of roped off now because they really don't want anybody playing it, which I understand that. But, right. you know, yeah. I, I'm kind of glad that that did survive. That, and they did actually, when the fire ripped through there, I mean, it, it basically trashed the restaurant. Yeah, I did. It was like a total loss, I think. It gutted it, they said. Fortunately, people did actually still have a lot of uh, Top Gun memorabilia and stuff from the movie. So they actually did send it in. Uh, Kansas City Barbecue does have it there. That said, that's about the only good thing about that place. I've eaten there. Barbecue is not good. If you really want to have good barbecue here in San Diego County, for those who are listening, go to Phil's Barbecue instead. It's a lot better. (laughs) Yep. Uh, as was mentioned before, Top Gun is no longer located at NAS Miramar. In fact, Miramar is no longer even under Navy control. In 1996, the United States Navy Strike Fighter Tactics Instructor Program, or Top Gun, was moved to Fallon, Nevada and merged with the Naval Strike and Air Warfare Center. NAS Miramar was then given over to the United States Marine Corps and is still operated today as MCAS Miramar. Hmm. Now, unfortunately, we have instead of planes flying out of there, we have choppers. I hear them flying over my house every single day. <laughs> oh, really? We never get it over here. Yeah. It's really cool to see them, though, when, like, you know, going home, you know, Pat, the 163 right there. It's so beautiful to see. Oh, yeah. It, you know, you see, you see, uh, I want to say that they've got coming out of there now is uh, some F-18s now. Uh, it, you do still see fighter planes mm-hmm. taking off, mm-hmm. but it's not quite the same. It really you don't isn't. Think so? Yeah, that's true. Not I mean, obviously, me. the, well, the, the the I remember when Top Gun came out. Um, people, you would see cars like lined up, and they would have signs there like "Don't stop! You're not supposed to stop." People like pull over on the freeway. They pull over on the side of that road that I think it's Carney Villa. Um, they would pull over just to watch the people like recording it. It was crazy, but now it's like you see, it, you're like, oh look, it's a plane. But yeah, it's you're right. It's kind of lost its magic, I think. Well, you know why they have those signs out there is that they're. They, especially after 9-11, they really were patrolling that fence heavily because they were worried that, that uh, possible terrorist attacks could come. Guys could come out with a, with an RPG stand out there and shoot the planes down. Oh, it would be horrible. Gosh. You know, yeah. not so much anymore, but they still watch that, and they, they still don't want people stopping there. And mm-hmm. Kearney Villa Road is not really a place that you want to stop on the side of the road if you can help it. Right. You know, yeah. people zip through there at 50, 60 miles an hour. No, yeah. like nothing stands still. There's people who who ride their bikes out there and have gotten killed, mm. getting hit. So it, it's, you're better off, you know, go this to a really sad podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it will get better. I hope, I hope. Tony Scott, rest in peace. Oh yeah. Yeah. We are getting to that here. Uh, uh, there was originally a sequel that had been planned in October of 2010. Paramount did make offers to Tony Scott and Jerry Bruckheimer to shoot the film. 
with production beginning in 2013 for a 2014 release. However, these plans did change when director Tony Scott sadly committed suicide in August of 2012, and Paramount announced the plans for the upcoming sequel had been scrapped. Mm. Absolutely. Very unfortunate. Now, I do kind of want to touch here. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the movie here, kind of just because we've gotten all the background out. Uh, I know we kind of did a little bit about this in the beginning, but I have to bring up some of the scenes in the movie. <laughs> okay. okay. We've got to talk about the volleyball scene. Okay. Oh. What? That was, like, amazing, playing with the boys. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Tom Cruise. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. Boys. What? Let's ahead. talk about this for a second. Tom okay. Cruise is five foot seven. He is shorter than I am. Maybe. I'm five nine. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Okay. There's that scene where he jumps up and spikes the ball. <laughs> the guy has to have a six foot vertical in order to do that. He, he, he probably had a little help. I mean, no, yeah. it's called lowering the net so yeah, that they could exactly. make it look like it was like it was better. <laughs> You know, and that's the other thing is if you look at that scene, you can actually see the poles go up. They're not all the way. The the net is only like halfway up the poles. It really should be a lot higher than it is. See, it's called, hey, guys, uh, back away from the net. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Tom Cruise is going to spike the ball in this scene. Uh, it's called an optical illusion, guys. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Also, I, I have to say, how many guys have you seen? run around wearing no shirts and wearing jeans to play beach volleyball. <laughs> okay. Remember, this is a different time. Things were different. It was more. Okay. I'll give you cutoffs. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you jean cutoffs for playing okay, beach volleyball. You know, I'm sorry. I, I, what was it? Maybe a year ago, <laughs> me and my sister went to a Trace Atkins concert. Like, have you ever seen a guy in Daisy Dukes? That was a year ago. That was a year ago. Daisy Dukes, cowboy boots, a little tank top, and a cowboy hat. And he had a girlfriend. So. You know, I I think this is probably one of those recurring things about the 80s that, you know, you go back, you look at this stuff, and you go, man, you know, my times have changed, you know. Yeah. Very (laughs) true. really bad. I mean, and if you look at it, though, I, I think that. I think what you're mistaking is that they were really trying to show up these guys. They're, I mean, and I mean, to me, honestly, it just came as like, they're flipping douchey. Like it was just a douche, 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 douche. They're all sweating, posing, high-fiving, doing the, the woohoo. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like, really? Like, it's yeah. like, hey guys, we're gonna have an intense game. We, I gotta take my shirt off. This is gonna yeah, be intense. Yeah, this is this place volleyball. <laughs> I gotta at least... show off my physique. Well, you know, I got to at least thank Anthony Edwards for wearing a shirt and shorts so that he at least looked like he fit the part there he playing did. volleyball. You yeah. know, and it's so funny. Like, I forgot that Anthony Edwards was an ER. Like, he's like a totally different person in this movie. He doesn't even oh, yeah. look the same. Like, oh, my God, he had hair. I forgot. Like, oh, my God, he was actually <laughs> kind of good looking. Like, what happened? Like, I, I mean, no offense. I mean, he's. I'm sure he's a very good looking person. But, I mean, have you seen ER, right? You've seen what oh, he yeah. looks like now. He well, was like a high school science teacher, and it's he, like, what the heck happened? Yeah, he went from he went from that to ER. I mean, well, I mean, he did other things between ER, Top Gun, and ER. But he went to ER, and he's doing that. And then he went on to do that movie with uh, Julianne Moore, where he was like, uh, he was supposed to be her husband, and it was part of an alien abduction type of thing, <laughs> where they're making him forget it. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a bad movie, but <laughs> you know, you watch this stuff and you see that coming through from Goose, and you're like. Yeah. Wait, this is the same guy who was Goose. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. They were, you know, and you're kind of thinking, this was the guy who was flipping off a MIG. They were flipping off a MIG while inverted in a 4G dive. Yeah, and I didn't even realize it. I was like, what happened to him? So I went on, I went on uh, IMDb, and I was like, oh, he was in ER. Like, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, pretty interesting. Like, yeah, how much you forget? Because I don't even know what he's done now. Like, he's kind of like, you know, I'm sure he does projects, but not like he used to. No, no. Uh, of course, uh, poor Goose got his goose cooked. In the oh, movie. that was so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Eject, eject, eject. <laughs> Snap. <Plunk. laughs> yeah. Now, of course, I also want to touch on this movie being a gay love fest. Between who? Between oh, him. come on. There's Don't tell so me. so much gay 
sex. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen the. I'm sure you guys, being movie fanatics that you are, you've yeah. seen the ep, You've seen the movie Sleep with Me with Quentin Tarantino in it. He does this little small role, and he goes off and he talks about it. If you haven't seen this, go look it up on YouTube. Uh, it's hilarious to watch because he basically he goes on with this guy, and he's talking back and forth about how Top Gun really is homosexuality. Uh, it's basically, he goes, you know, you've got Top Gun, you've got, it's, it's what it's all about, man. You've got Maverick. All right. He's on the edge, man. He's, he's on the fucking line. All right. And then you've got Iceman and he's all his crew. They're they're all gay. They represent the gay man. All right. And they're going, they're saying, go, go the gay way, the gay way. He could go both ways. Okay. And of course you have Kelly, you have Kelly McGillis who's in the movie. Well, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Play the rules. Go the normal way. They're saying, no, go the gay way. Go the gay way. Go for the gay way, all right? That's what's going on throughout the whole movie. He goes to her house, all right? He's, he's, it looks like they're going to have sex, you know, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of sitting back. He's taking a shower and everything. They don't have sex. He gets on the motorcycle, drives away. She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> next scene. Now, the next scene you see her, she's in the elevator. She's dressed like a guy. She's uh, got the cap on. She's got the aviator oh glasses. <laughs> she's wearing the same jacket that Iceman wears. She yeah. is. Okay, th- this... This is how I got to get this guy. This guy's going to go towards the gay way. I got to bring him back. I got to bring him back from the gay they way. They only did that because I guess she had filmed something else and she had red hair. So they had to hide the fact that she had red hair. So they put her in a baseball cap. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was still I, I bad. Get, I get what I can. Okay. I can see that only based on the imagery, the way. But again, this was the 80s and every guy looked gay. It just, it was what, I mean, did you not watch Say by the Bell with the pink and the pants and the, the day glow colors? I mean, every guy was gay in the eighties. That's just I mean, this is, this is the era of the androgynous, you know, uh, rock stars or who, who rub elbows on stage and, you know, share a mic. (laughs) I was the biggest Duran Duran fan and I was having people all the oh they're so gay it's like really like no like oh yeah they're no gayer than Motley Crue who like wear lipstick like so okay let's stop and go if you're going to talk about bands let's stop and talk about Wham real quick for a second because that was a big (laughs) 80s band and oh wait what happened to George Michaels oh that's right he was gay okay but the point is is that I don't feel that this movie is a I just I don't feel the gay, it's gay. I think that they're douchey. I mean, the fir- one of the first scenes, like when they're at the the officers club, which is in in the movie, the way that you saw it with the chicky poos going around, like yeah, look at the guys. It's exactly how it was. Like not a joke. Like one of the things there was that the girls would go because they wanted a pilot, they wanted an officer, and they would pick them up, and then they're banging in the bathroom, which was like famous. They're banging in the parking lot which I know somebody who did. I mean, it wasn't, it, that's how it was. So like when Goose says to Maverick, like, hey, you got to have carnal knowledge, carnal knowledge with a chick tonight at this spot. That's how it was. <laughs> that's exactly well, how it was. So, I, I mean, yeah, so go have, ahead. Well, so you have the douche there and then you have them sitting there, like the looks on their faces with the glasses and the jackets, like they just were so like pretentious ass wipes. I mean, I, that's what I got from it. Like, are you serious? Like, so when he goes to her house, like, can I take a shower? She's like, are you fucking kidding? Like what guy goes on a date with a girl? It's like, can I take a shower? And I was like, get the hell out of here, you dumbass! You don't come over here and ask to take a shower in my house. What douchebaggery is this? I'm sorry. They were just douchey, like Iceman with his hot little blonde girlfriend. He's like standing, like, yeah, like look at my jaw, it's so tight. <laughs> That's the point. That's the whole point. You know, yeah. hanging around in showers and, and yeah, like, you know, they don't even use the big towels. They're like, we just use a little towel. Like, yeah, we're just so we're just so hot. You know, I mean, come on, I. And it's really sad, though. I mean, maybe we dress better now, but the guys, they're just douchebags. And that's that we we see it now. It's the same thing. Well, I mean, come on. Not, you went to the beach. True, true. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're okay. saying. But you got to look at the very end scene, too, because they have that whole thing when they land and Tom Cruise looks at him and Iceman tells him, you know, he says, oh, you can be my wingman. And, and Maverick looks at him and goes, bullshit, you can be mine. And just that whole look, it's like, oh, there's that look, the perfect little the perfect little gleam in each other's eyes to go back and forth. 
Come on. Yeah, this movie, the only thing that was missing was maybe that awkward scene where, you know, two opposing, you know, pilots, uh, you know, in in a very kind of tense scene would be facing off face to face, nose to nose. And, you know, you can cut the tension with a knife. And, you know, it's 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 also, you know, a little gay, too. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see. The, I just saw the douchebags. I don't know. I, I didn't see as a this movie. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't see gay. I saw douchebags. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. It just, it's, it's funny to look back on that stuff now, and you oh, know. of course, <laughs> and, and I do want to touch a little bit on some of the some of the quotes that we all heard from this movie. <laughs> okay. We all know them. We've all heard them, and it, it's stuff that's going to live in. It's going to live on in infamy. I mean. Hey, Doug. I I feel the need. I feel the need for speed. Oh my god! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and of course, my favorite tower. This is Ghost Rider requesting a flyby. Negative Ghost Rider. The tower. The pattern is full. That one with the coffee spilling. I love that scene. It was the yeah. stupidest thing ever. But seeing the jet scream by at four hundred knots, I love that. And of course, they they call back to it later, where the the guy gets the coffee spilled on him again. Oh, yeah, at the very end, after they've beaten the Migs, he has to do it again just to show off. Right. <laughs> Douchebag. I'm telling you, you're missing it. Just these guys, you're, here's the thing. You're supposed to think these guys are awesome because they're like, oh, yeah, because they're protecting the country. So they're amazing, right? No, they're douchebags. They go to the club. They get a bunch of chicks. They, they, they have their little arguments with each other. They got daddy issues. They're douchebags. Yeah, I'm a top gun. I'm gonna yeah, do a flyby. The best. Now you can be my way. You gotta, you gotta look at it a different way, Doug. Like take, take, <laughs> I made him spill his and make it the douchebag. Yeah, I'm the best of the best. Like, what do you got? Oh, I'm gonna be your weak man. No, you can be my wing man. I'm gonna like, win the top gun award. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get the award. It doesn't even exist, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there is no top gun. Guys are making me crack up here. <laughs> there really, there really is no real Top Gun trophy. That trophy at the end of the movie that Val Douchebag Kilmer is holding is not real. Yeah, they're, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, they just created that just for the movie. So now, speaking of Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, I do have to bring up: Have you guys seen what Val Kilmer looks like lately? Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. What's the last movie he was in? Uh, I don't remember. The, I want to say the last thing that I can remember him doing was voiceover for the Prince of Egypt. Mm. Uh, I know that he did because I mean, obviously, in the eighties, he was you know he was really famous. He did Top Secret. He did, uh, you know, he he did a bunch of things. Genius. Have you seen Real Genius? Yes, really good movie too. Yeah, yeah on his Batman. No, oh, let, let's moment. let's not talk about that because that's that conversation. Yeah, that that don't don't make me upset. Don't make me sad. You know, come on, Joel Schumacher can't show up at Comic Con anymore because he has people who are who have received. Uh, he's received several death threats. Is that, that he, true? Oh yeah, yeah. He's actually got death threats against him that if he ever shows up at Comic Con for that whole horrible Val Kilmer movie. But he did Lost Boys, which is like my favorite movie. Okay, I'll give you Lost Boys. That was good. But everything since then has been shit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you, mm-hmm. what what happens when you hit the brakes? What do you mean? Well, you hit the brakes. What He, he says, I'm going to hit the brakes. And uh, You mean the airplane? Yeah, I'll hit the brakes. He'll fly right by. Do airplanes have brakes? <laughs> no, that was the other thing. He basically slows it down, pulls it up into this whole stall. To let the guy fly by him, which I thought was completely ridiculous because if you are a good pilot, you're going to pick up on that almost immediately and tag the guy as he slows down. Oh, well, in this case, it worked. And, uh, you know, Maverick got his shot, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the the whole dogfight scene in and of itself was actually really ridiculous because they actually make a point in the movie of talking about how they shoot these guys down from over a mile away with these missiles. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that's the case, they're never going to be on top of these guys to actually see the planes. Mm-hmm. You're right. going to see them, and by that point, you're already dead. Right. Yeah, this is, a, this is a, just an aside um, for this movie. I, I notice there's a lot of you know a lot of dialogue going on uh, from within the cockpit where they have kind of their their you know I don't know what that's called that thing that kind of goes over their their mouth. And oh. Yeah, the oxygen mask. The oxygen mask, of course. Uh, it, it's always 
it always seems like they kind of have it, you know, like off or, you know, kind of to the side, you know, as, as they're, you know, talking into it. I, I don't know if that's a, a legitimate thing or if they just, the director wanted to kind of be able to show their full face a little bit more. Because we got to see their cute little pussy faces. <laughs> well, from what <laughs> I understand. Mugs are so adorable. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's just one of those little details that that I'm I I kind of I have to think about as like as a director, you know, if that was a directorial choice, or if you know, pilots really you know flew around, you know, with their those masks off. I, I would think that stuff would just all be. I don't the know. next time we meet a pilot, why don't we ask him? Say, by the why way, not? we saw Why do you do that? Sure. Now? <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's going to be a while before we have any air shows to see that. Because, from what I understand, with the uh, with the last uh, bit of cancelization cancellations on government, Miramar is not going to be having any air shows anytime soon. So, well, I would think also safety. I mean, hasn't there been like a lot of crashes at the recent air shows, like across the U.S. and pilots dying, and I didn't want to crash and like actually kill like somebody or? I don't know. I mean, they've they've really done a good a good job of preventing the crashes from having anything to hit the, uh, the bystanders or, you know, the people in the grandstands, anything like that. Uh, one of the things when they do those air shows, they don't allow anybody to fly over the grandstands at all. They're the only people who are able to do that. And it's only in one move is the blue angels. They come over the top and then that was it. Oh, blue angels. So awesome. Yeah. But they've, they've had their funding cut. So they're canceled. They're not going to be flying at all this year. Wow. So sad. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Well, I, regardless of whether how much we liked uh, this film, uh, it is this movie does seem to be a pretty well beloved uh, mm-hmm. film. Um, it was number one uh, when it was released uh, on May sixteenth, nineteen eighty six, and uh, yeah, number one. I guess it didn't take much back then because it was uh, just came in at a little over eight million. For its release uh, opening weekend, but that's when gas was like ten cents. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and it, of course, uh, by the end of its run, it did about one hundred and seventy-six million. So um, yeah, kind of different different time back then. Well, I mean, it definitely launched the. I mean, I mean, I would say launched the career, but it really did help you know boost the career of Tom Cruise. You know, it made him it made him you know sexy and. You know, women like, eh, I want to be him and I want to be her and I want to wear, a, you know, a bomber jacket and light blue jeans and drive around on a motorcycle. And, I'm know. sorry. The, the the whole thing here, Tom Cruise played in this movie the same role that he's played in every other single movie that he's ever been in, with mm. the exception of Tropic Thunder. Okay. <laughs> he played He played the same character of... I'm an asshole and I'm going to be an asshole throughout the entire movie until the very end when I change and I realize, oh my God, I've been an asshole to everybody and I have to change. Yeah. He did it in Mission yeah. Impossible. Asshole with a heart of gold. Yeah. Well, you're failing to remember, I mean, because his whole character, they they kind of touch on it a couple of times in the movie, but they don't really focus too much on it as he has these major daddy issues because his dad was a pilot and the Vietnam War. And he tells the story to Kelly McGillis, but I don't know if you, like, I mean, I think there's some parts in the movie where you kind of, like, your brain freezes over. You're not really yeah. quite sure because it's so beautiful and to look at and so loud with the music. And But there was an actual, you know, where he's explained to her, like, well, yeah, my dad was a pilot and, you know, he crashed because they said he was he was reckless. But I don't believe that, you know. Well, so it's like he has this daddy issues where people in the movie a couple of times are like, oh, you're, you know, your dad was a great man and blah, blah, blah. But, oh, no, your dad... You're just like your dad. And well, so, that's what that's what yeah, Viper was talking about when he when he actually went over to Viper's house and he's talking to Viper. And Viper says, you know, I'm not really supposed to say this because it's all classified. But your dad actually saved a bunch of pilots. And, and that's what happened when he died. And he crashed and died. Right. Right. But the, but I supposedly the official was that his dad was reckless and caused his own demise. So so that's haunted him forever. He's He's, he's so torn. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, he still plays the same role that he's played in every movie uh, since then. You know, yeah. Days of Thunder, he was an asshole who, oh, oh my God. That movie. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later on another yeah, on a future post, episode. Oh, don't, no, post. don't make me watch that movie again. <laughs> his, his post-pilot career, you know, he goes on. I'm going to have to sit on that a, one. I'm he's sorry. A, he's a sports agent, and uh, 
you know, he's yeah. got Cuba Gooding Jr. and oh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, he's still the same character. He's still that asshole. He realizes it. If it was the same character, like. <laughs> Can we, like, can we every, find a continuity between all yeah, these films? Like sure. This person, yeah. this is just like every life that he's lived. Yeah, I mean, the only one that the only one that he wasn't that he wasn't that way was Tropic Thunder, where I didn't even realize who he was in Tropic Thunder that he was this complete asshole producer. And then at the very end, you see him, and it's like he starts doing this dance, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Tom Cruise!" You did not realize it until the end of the movie. Oh, uh, not it, awesome. it, it, it took me a while before I realized that it was Tom Cruise, but no, it was like yeah, the very first moment I saw him. Yeah. Here's something I didn't know. Um, Top Gun is apparently available on Blu-ray 3D. So, yeah, they, well, that was part of the whole uh, 3D release that they did. I want to say earlier this year. They, I, I want to say they did it like back in January of, of uh, 2013. Theaters, right? Yeah, they and it was only in for theaters for like a week, mm. and it basically hit and was like, oh, bye. <laughs> they really like re go back in like like oh let's let's take the let's take the planes and the strings and move them closer to the film. That would have been yeah. awesome. That's the three D. I don't get it. All right. Well, the do we have any other? The three D is somebody throwing paper planes in your face and just. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, do we have any other final thoughts on this movie? Uh, I have two gripes. Number one. Why the hell did Goose just pull out a Polaroid camera in the beginning of the movie? Like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this one. I just happen to have a Polaroid camera with me. Like, yeah, like, that's just something we all carry around is a big old Polaroid camera. That just, like, really, really just truly bugged the crap out of me. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm waiting for the little uh, photo printer for the iPhone. Yeah, it, it, and, I will say it, it did date the movie, though, because when yeah. you see that, you're like, OK, Polaroids. Nowadays, somebody would have just whipped out an iPhone and click. Like, yeah. and, and I love and also like, you know, coming from San Diego, those who are in San Diego will realize that it's amazing. The closeness of Miramar and Coronado, like there's seriously like just like two seconds away from each other. Is <laughs> it? Like, oh, look, he just left here. Oh, look, oh, he's all the way. In like, wow, that's amazing. He must you know, be a million miles an hour. Wouldn't a Polaroid camera kind of just be jumping all around that cockpit. And, yes, and, that's and, what I'm saying. It's like they're not <laughs> supposed to bring that kind of shit. Like they're not supposed to – they're in a plane. They're upside down. Like how the hell is he holding a damn flipping Polaroid camera? It's like really – no, I'm sorry. It's just stupid. I, what, what are you supposed to – I'm like, okay, I should really like not even be saying anything because it's Top Gun. It's like I'm trying to find realism. It's like, and, hey, fellas, I'm going to bring uh, my, uh, my Walkman. I'm going to go ahead and bring this walk yeah, man on board. That would never happen. Like, well, that happened. Said, see, like, now, that would never happen. See, the top, the, the walkman happened in Iron Eagle, which that's another movie which we will discuss later on. I like that movie. <laughs> that was a good movie. I, I have to say, I like that one better than I like Top Gun, but that's, like I said, that's a whole other episode. So. And it has daddy issues, too. That's of course. I see a thing. So, what did we learn from Top Gun today? We learned that. These men, pilots in the 80s, were douchebags who had really <laughs> white teeth, nice jaws, wore little white towels, uh, picked up on – to play uh, beach volleyball. to play beach volleyball. Absolutely. Yeah. And They're 30 years people. later, they all look, they all look uh, completely different. Well, yeah, Val Kilmer, if you, ha- if you haven't seen him, he looks like he ate a house. <laughs> Go look. It, it's not. It's not pretty. Do a Google search. Aww. You'll see it. It's not pretty. Oh, why would I want to do that? Because <laughs> you have to see him as something other than what he was for real I, genius I, and top gun. I, I actually, I'm gonna have to look that up myself. Yeah. I would rather. I would rather remember them with Anthony Edwards with beautiful flowy hair and Meg Ryan before she had all that plastic surgery and and you know Tom Cruise and. You know, no. Oh, yeah. Normal before Scientology killed him. <laughs> you know, just these normal, normal people. Because they're all train wrecks now. Isn't that kind of awesome, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, we, 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 this movie was all before Tom Cruise did his famous, I love Katie Holmes jumping up on the sofa, you know. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So sad. All right. Well, I think that that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of Talking About My Generation. Uh, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Please, please, please do this because it helps us out. We can actually see it, and it helps us on our standings. Uh, you can also send us a tweet. Um, my tweet, my Twitter name is at s p r z o u t, and uh, I'm uh, Will Valdez. I'm at uh, w t Valdez. That's w t v a l d e s. 
Uh, yeah, and if you send me anything mean, I swear to God, I'll hunt you down. And I'm just kidding. Um, you can send me at, uh, at Carluccias, K-A-R-L-U-C-C-I-A. Okay. You can also send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. Uh, so I want to thank you all. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll close this out. Yeah, thanks, Doug. It's been thank fun. Thank you, Doug. And I apologize to anybody I offended. To all the douchebags in the world, I am so sorry. <laughs> You're uh, awesome. Signing off. Yeah, beach volleyball player. <laughs> Let's go play some. Play with the boys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing that song to you guys every time I see you. Play with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> We're signing off now. Thank you. Bye. Bye.